0: Welcome, welcome, welcome to Bard's Backlog, episode number 38. I am your host, Josh Gallegos, the video game board... Bard? The video game board is not the case. (laughs) I hope not, anyway. Uh, The video game bard, and joining me is Jared Benson, the mercenary. I think we'll just drop casual. I, I, I mean, unless you like casual. I mean, the casual's kind of like your that that was your original superhero name do you want to drop that i guess i should ask before just doing it <sighs> to be honest josh
1: i have these i have these fantasies of being the casual forever because it gives me some degree okay. of like uh, uh ignoramus
0: yes points. yes
1: it gives me the okay. it gives me the excuse to say stupid things and i like it <laughs>
0: I think that that's totally fair to be honest, because you and, and even now, like, yeah, you're 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 a mercenary for sure. Like you've you've put some time in. Like this is, I think this is definitely you could say a hobby for you. So that's it's not a small thing, right? Would you say so? I think I think not right. at
1: all. This is work, Josh. This is a passion
0: project. Oh, this is, oh my this bad. This is
1: love. This is the grind in the best way.
0: Yeah, I mean that's even better. That's even better. So, um, so but I I think that that makes sense. We'll keep the casual in there. Uh, Maybe it'll be like casual mercenary and then casual whatever else next. Sure. But nonetheless, this is the Hall of Games, the ever-growing catalog of legendary game titles that have proven to be timeless classics. Each title that is chosen is from the Bard's Backlog, that's my backlog, and broken down through comprehensive evaluation. We are the keepers of the Hall of Games, the skeptic critics of each candidate, and the executioners of those not deemed worthy. We tend to let people in, though, mostly because the games we play are all fantastic. Yes, Today's candidate definitely fits in that category. That is Super Mario Galaxy. Will it be entered into the hall? Well, just look up to the star on the right, and if you indeed see a yes there, then that is the answer to that question, Uh, but we'll see. If it's a no, then maybe not. But, of course, you can write in. Our email is askvgb at gmail.com to comment, ask a question, or generally berate and belittle us. You can support the podcast by following us on any podcast service and by dropping a review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Spotify might be the preferred one there. Although, I'm sure lots of people still listen to Apple Podcasts. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, On either platform or on other podcast services as well, you can turn on those notifications to get the latest episode as soon as it drops. Last time we talked, Jared, we covered Portals 1 and 2 into the Hall of Games there. Very easy picks for the Hall. Before we jump into this episode, though, in lieu of that, right, we end Portal 2. Spoilers here, guys. I know we're like two minutes into this podcast, but spoilers, Portal 2 ends with a trip to the moon. So, Jared... In the space fair idea, would you colonize Mars? No no oh hold on back up back't don't, don't give me such a vehement answer so quickly here Jared. I know that you're comfortable where you're at but think about what that could mean for the human race at large. You don't think that there's some level of honor to that mission.
1: Honor, honor, yes, because of what once was. Now, if you would allow me, Josh, a little soapbox, just a tiny little square inch by inch, square inch podcast, or a soapbox podcast for this podcast. That's the
0: smallest soapbox. <laughs> well, that I will stand on late. it with
1: my tippy toe. Um, I, <laughs> okay. I, I firmly believe that Adam in the garden was given the duty to name all of the animals, and I don't believe... That was exclusive to animals on earth. I truly firmly believe that with a perfect man and a perfect woman created in the garden of Eden, we were meant to live in permanent, eternal fellowship with God. And that the universe being the ever expanding thing that it is was meant to house our species and all species created for eternity in an ever expanding amount of space that we would never run out or our lives would intersect like a beautifully woven fabric, but a thousand, a million times more complexly as we would journey with maybe our life partners or whatever else for eternity into the stars. I truly and firmly believe that. I believe that was our original calling and that the calls that we experience to the stars to this day are remnants of that feeling buried, bored deep within our spirits and our souls. Now, that being said, I, we messed that up. <laughs> we messed that up for a little bit of fruit and <laughs> and uh, I can't help but feel like every time I see these movies like Interstellar, I think the reason Interstellar speaks to so many people is because of that concept, because of what we were meant to do. And I wouldn't colonize Mars. I think it's an imperfect planet. I believe that at least the idea ought to be entertained that the people who were here before us, our predecessors have left us behind and went on to accomplish that missing mission, albeit with fixed lifespans, obviously, such as we have here and uh, the, you know, the concept of aging, but that they took all the best technology, perhaps at the tower of Babel or earlier or after, perhaps, I don't know who, who or what or where or when or why, but um, I believe that they left and that, they are out there maybe that explains ufos or whatever else but that we have not unlocked the ability to travel past our own solar system and therefore that dream is inaccessible perhaps mars used to be a planet we could have colonized it would have been a close neighbor to earth it would have been lovely but since the fall of man it has deteriorated into the planet that it because it wasn't maintained you know um -hmm, mm -hmm. uh even just, you know, the ice age and the the flood and, and whatever else that we've gone through on this planet has been maintained and curated, at least in some part by mankind, and that those planets, without the technology that changes worlds, have become desolate, perhaps, um, without a perfect man to run them. Um, and I do mean man. I don't mean subverting God. I do mean man, uh, lesser than, Um have been, have fallen into desolate wastelands. And so, no, I don't think it should be Mars. Perhaps something further than Mars. Outside of our solar okay. system, outside of, you know, who know, who knows? But certainly not Mars. I think it's a dirt colony. It's a dirt planet. Um, so I wouldn't. I'd rather stay here. But if there were a chance to go to the stars, to a place that is potentially livable and has even the slightest chance of making that work, I'd, I would love to take take that opportunity. But... Mars, okay. absolutely okay.
0: not. I was too quick to judge then. I didn't realize that Mars was your hang-up. But I, I thought it might be like you were just a little too comfortable here, you know? Like you got you got all the trappings of, of modern America, so you're just having a grand old time. But no, I, I misjudged that. I apologize profusely for that, Jared, because your uh, your perspective is is wise, I would say. You know, everyone's so focused on, hey, let's get to Mars, but what for? And I think that's the question you've kind of answered in your own mind is that there isn't really a reason to go there specifically. Um, Maybe there's a purpose to expanding beyond Earth, but Mars probably isn't the place. So I like that. I like that a lot. Um, I personally would also probably say no. I'm good here. Um, (laughs) AC, right? it. yeah exactly why the heck not i mean definitely don't get that on mars but like if it's like an interstellar level situation right where like we're running out of food and the population at large is like desperately into something i might encourage like my my kids to like hey start to prepare and like we're gonna send you out or maybe i'd go along i don't know um i always think of the pilgrims when i think of like colonization Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. why they did it and what they went through to do it but that is very different from Mars. Like, they're going to a very resource rich land with a ton of potential as opposed to a desert. <laughs> so, <laughs> right, right. Uh, very different situations when you put it that way. Of course, our pick for this week is Mario Galaxy. Celestial Bodies are the name of that game. So, let's talk about that after our first two segments. Our first segment here is not the games we play in, we're going to skip over the games we planned because we have recorded this a little bit too closely to the last episode so we don't have much else to say if you want to hear about the games we're playing right now go ahead and listen to our portal episode but we're instead going to ask what games we want to play a little bit of a twist on the regular segment So, I'll start us off here. Games we want to play. When I say that, I'm not saying games that are coming up, like games that are going to be released here in the next couple of quarters, but just some general games that we wanted to get to. Maybe higher up on our backlog list, right? We got uh, backlogs, right? Obviously, both of us. So, uh, personally for me, I would say right now, there's a couple of open world RPGs that I'm kicking around that I really want to play, but I am decidedly, intentionally taking a break from that so that hopefully I can get into it maybe even over the course of the fall um, and enjoy one of these games. But the two right now that are at the top of that list are Cyberpunk 2077 or Dying Light 2. Both of those... Would be really fun, I think, experiences to uh, tackle here uh, soon for me. *Dying Light 2* is a game that, honestly, I'm surprised I haven't picked up yet. The only reason I'm waiting on picking this up is because I've heard that it's broken. <laughs> there's a lot of bugs and stuff in it, and so that was that was actually. Thinking of that, Cyberpunk is literally in that exact same camp, like released like a broken bloody mess. And that was why it was so controversial, right, when it yeah. got released. So Cyberpunk's been fixed, it's had that time. Dying Light's newer, so I'm willing to wait and just let it let the developers get it to where it ought to be. That's a sad state of modern times, Jared. Games are released without being completely finished, and that's just because they can, right? You can just input patches and over the course of a couple months fix little things thanks to what the community is pointing out to you that was not the case back in the day right um super mario sunshine had to be released as it was and you couldn't go and patch that disc like you had to make sure it was foolproof before it was released um so that was that was back then now people they just drop whatever whenever and then they'll apologize if it's not great and then hopefully fix it and hopefully you'll be able to enjoy it after that, you know, Fallout 76, um, Anthem. Skyrim. S- yeah, Skyrim. Now, Skyrim was a little bit more finished, but definitely a wild amount of bugs. But that's more just Bethesda <laughs> in general. Right, right. But Dying Light 2, I don't know if you've heard of <laughs> Dying Light, Jared, but it, it's a zombie game. It's a, like, day-night cycle zombie game. First person, a lot of parkour. You're, like, running around buildings and stuff. And, it like, the first one is brilliant. Amazing game love it so much so Dying Light 2 I was very much looking forward to but kind of a broken mess so I'm going to wait on that but I definitely still want to play it Cyberpunk 2077 definitely on that list as well definitely one that like I'm looking at more as a like oh I kind of want to say that I played it sort of thing sure Um, yeah not so much because I'm like frothing at the mouth to play it myself but I do want to eventually get to it I got it and you can go back and listen to the podcast I got Cyberpunk when it first came out Got it on the PlayStation 4. I played through a couple of chapters. It definitely did crash on me. So I did have my fair share of bugs. And I turned it in. Actually, I swapped it for Immortals Phoenix Rising, which we just kicked out of our of games. So there's that. But if I had the opportunity, I'd love to go and play it again. Jared, what's a game that you want to play? Well, full
1: disclosure for this podcast, I have not played Mario Galaxy 2, and I'm feeling very insecure about it. So, that's definitely, because we're about to talk about Super Mario Galaxy, which is a game that I love, and I'll elaborate more on that later, but I do feel like there's a chunk of my perspective missing a little bit. Hopefully, you can provide that. So, Mario Galaxy is on my list. Uh, Mario Galaxy 2 is on my list as well, but games that keep itching at the back of my brain, for different reasons, of course, Monster Hunter Rise. Now, Mm. part of this... Is because it's on the Switch, so I know it's right there, and because they keep releasing DLC packs, you know, for yeah. it and stuff. So it's a growing it's a living game, you know. It's not just some dead and done and over with. Pardon me. And so I really want to play that. And I see my friends playing it on Twitter, and they seem to be having a grand old time. It never gets old. I I follow this one guy named Oliver Campbell, and he's been playing it for over you know, since it was released and, and hasn't stopped. He loves it so much. So it's got some replayability, so I want to play that. Uh, Near Automata, which is this, I guess, I don't know, robot anime girl <laughs> video game. I keep seeing it everywhere, and people say they like it. The second one is coming out, or maybe I have that wrong. I don't know, Director's Edition or something like that. Um, I want to play that game because of the art style calls to me. It appeals to me a lot. And then... Just for purely nostalgic purposes, I want to play SSX Tricky. I want a remastered version of SSX Tricky. I know we have SSX 3, uh, and, you know, that's a fine game. It's whatever else. But SSX Tricky had this funk, this flair, this pop and sizzle, and I I want that back. That was the GameCube. Yeah, man. And it just – it's – it's tricky, hey, it's too tricky to Heck rock yeah, this right on time, it's tricky. That's and a that, throwback right there. Dude, it's it's near and dear to my heart. It's a lovely, lovely game. And I just I want to play it on my Switch. I want it. Um, and I think about it all the time. So those are the That's games that pick I want to be playing oh for sure.
0: Yeah, no, I, I think those are all great picks. Nier is definitely on my list too. In fact, I would be more than willing to nominate that sooner rather than later and play through it. I just know this fall is going to be crazy, but um, that's a that's a great pick for sure. And you pretty much perfectly describe that. It's anime robot girl in a apocalypse. <laughs> like a and I want to get more into JRPGs um, in general.
1: Um, I want to get to Bayonetta. I want to get to eventually, maybe not anytime soon, but Xenoblade Two and Three. Um, as well as Final Fantasy. I haven't even touched Final San- Fantasy. I mean, that's an insanely large chunk of the gaming community, and I haven't even touched yeah, it. Yeah, man. So, um, JRPGs, um, and I don't know. That game just keeps calling to me for some reason. I don't mm-hmm. know
0: why. Yeah. Um, now, I will say Nier is not, like, a turn-based. It is definitely Japanese in a lot of its design, but it's more action-adventure. Same with game sure. It kind of just, like, fun combat stuff. But For sure. Uh, definitely still great games and well worth choosing i would say the last one i'd say as well as mario galaxy 2 you mentioned it already but i put that on my list as well especially as i've been playing through galaxy again in preparation for this podcast i'm like man i just wish i had ease of access to it it's been so long since i played it since the wii right i haven't seen it or played it since then actually no i did play it on the wii u so i take that back but you i think are the only person i know in
1: person who has a wii u I don't think I know anyone else. I don't anymore. Right, right, right. Had, sorry.
0: Yeah, well, there was like five of us. (laughs) So (laughs) uh, (laughs) that's the reason you don't know very many people. But I would love to play it again. Just, yeah, kind of like put the comparison with the first one. I've always said that the second one was my favorite between the two. But especially after playing through the first one again, I'm like, man, there's just something truly special about this game. They're doing something else. And to juxtapose it against the second i think would help maybe give me some clarity as to which one is truly uh worthy but that would also be a game that i want to play next segment is our default segment segment we're gonna ask a question here really basic we can keep it pretty simple but jared have you ever had a near-death experience well i
1: don't know if this one counts i'll bring up two briefly um and i hope you have better stories than i do um one time i woke up with my face in my pillow and i was unable to move I experienced um, a body body paralysis and uh, inability to breathe, at least strongly. My lungs were feeling weak at the time, and I couldn't move my arms. I was on top of my arm. I felt it underneath my body crosswise, and so I knew I had made it fall asleep. It had gone gone numb on me, so I couldn't lift myself up. My face was buried in the pillow, and I legit thought I was going to die for a quick second. Um, Jeez! it really it felt like an eternity but i'm sure it was only a second or two but i i woke up face down and i couldn't breathe and i was running out of oxygen and the walls were going black and it was of course you know pitch black so it's already (laughs) black but but uh that was the closest one i felt like i legitimately could have asphyxiated in my sleep but um asphyxiated the other one was i fell from a tree and i on the way up I felt something pop in my skull, and then my vision started to cloud, and I fell from the tree and landed, luckily, on my feet. I had enough cat-like reflexes to hit the ground on my feet, uh, sprained an ankle, and then land, you know, rolled onto my back. And we were playing manhunt with some friends, and so they found me, luckily, and I was out for the the night. Man, my head hurt so bad, worst headache of my life. Um, and to be honest with you, for years after that, I, I haven't had it in a couple years now, but for years after that, anytime I lifted weights strenuously, I would get a what I would call a thunderclap headache in my head. And it was from exertion. And to be honest, it could be the makings of an aneurysm that I'm going to have to deal with later. I don't know. But huh. uh, that was pretty close as well. Had that been more serious or had it been an actual aneurysm, I would have died on the spot. Um, but wow. um, those are the two closest. I, I, I don't really think they're that big of a deal, obviously, for the sake of dramatic interpretation. I'm trying to – but that is is the truth. That's what happened to me. So,
0: yeah. How about you, my friend? Um. I just want to say your first one is horrifying um, and the second one also kind of scary, but for me near death experiences, I haven't talked about my accident in 2020 very much on the podcast, but that was definitely up there. Yeah. Um, yeah. Lost my mind and there's reasons for why it took a long time to recover. I went through a relapse, which was worse than the first time. And uh, I, I, I tell people often that I have actually seen and experienced and visited hell through that, but it's not, it's not one that I guess I was, I guess I was in danger of dying, but it was more losing myself. Yeah. If that yeah. makes sense. It's where, a type of death. Uh, that's for sure. Yeah. It, it, you know, um, Someone who who's lost their mental capacity and is insane now is no longer the person they were before, right? Correct, um, right, right. Or if you you know if you have like brain surgery, right, and that just like completely destroys how your brain used to operate, like you're just not the same person. So it would have been more like that. And thankfully, you know, thanks to uh, God's goodness and grace, and to the beauty of modern. Medicine, I was able to recover and I'm good to go. But uh, that one's definitely up there. And then, other than that, I when I first got my uh, learner's permit, I almost died like four times. Oh, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know why my parents were letting me drive as much as they were, but they shouldn't have. I didn't take driver's courses I took a live at 25 I don't know if you know what that is but like you can kind of at least in the state of Colorado you were allowed to supplement instead of taking like driver's learner courses and going through a whole thing you could take one day one class I went on a Saturday for morning it was like five hours and we did a live at 25 which is basically a cop came in and scared us all to death uh, about driving and told us about all the things that could go wrong and how important it is to be safe and how you know each each crash that happens there's no such thing as an accident was his big thing right we call those traffic accidents he's like it's never an accident usually someone's at fault and so he just talked through that he gave us a bunch of horror stories of people that died and whatnot and uh scared you like showed you footage uh talked about things that happened to friends that he knew and whatnot and after that like driving home i was like mortified but i didn't actually ever get experience behind the wheel i just got my learner's permit because i i had past that and then when I actually was in the vehicle itself and driving around my parents didn't give me enough like off-road experience they just kind of threw me in there which I attribute to the fact that I was their third so they had gone through this with my two older siblings and now you know just kind of like lower returns on investment and they're just like you know go ahead and do your own thing but uh there were a couple times like there was one time I was like I well I don't know if this would have been a death experience but like I I didn't realize that I was drifting into the next lane mm. and it was pretty busy traffic. And the guy who I was about to hit, like, went off of the road to avoid me, honked at me, and then, you know, sped off in front of me. And I did that. I kind of, like, drifted over. I panicked. My My sister was in the car with me. At the, or, no, no, no my, my brother was with me in the car. She, my sister was behind me uh, in a different car and she was watching this all play out and, like, freaking out. Cause she's just seeing me just like casually drift where like my brother was like, go back, go back, like turn back. And I like froze. I like panicked and just kept drifting. Um, Probably wouldn't have died, but I definitely would have gotten an accident there. The one time I would have died Ooh. was when I was crossing. It was, uh, I was turning left onto four lanes, right? Two lanes going one way and two lanes the other way. So I was turning left across two lanes into two lanes of traffic. Very busy street. It's Federal Boulevard in Colorado, uh, in Denver, if you have any uh, relation to that. But I uh, was turning onto it and just totally panicked, like blacked out almost. I didn't Oof. completely black Oof. out, like I didn't lose consciousness, but I didn't know what was going on. I don't right. know what was happening just because I was like panicking, and I don't even remember why I was panicking. But all of my family was in the car. I was in the driver's seat. My dad was right next to me. All my my mom was right behind me. My sister, my two brothers, and I was going across. I, I went too early. Um or excuse me, too late, so I I should have gone a little bit earlier, and so the cars across that were, obviously I was trying to turn left, so I was trying to get onto the other side of traffic, but the cars that were coming from the other side um, were way too close, so I hit the acceleration too hard, went too far forward, and almost drove directly into another car that was going the other direction. Um, and the only reason we didn't go into a full accident and cause like a five-car pileup, because there was a bunch of cars at the time, was because my dad reached over, grabbed the wheel, and turned it like hard, like as much as he could, in order to actually get us into the middle <laughs> lane. <laughs> and it actually worked. I don't know how it worked, and he was like, Stop the car, like hit the brakes, and we did, and I slowed down and after that he was like, Okay merge (laughs) like merge oh my goodness but if he had not done that like if he had not reached over and taken care of that we all could have been in a very serious accident and that would be my other close near-death experience so stupid i don't know why i don't know why they let me drive as by the time i had my license i was good to go because i had gone through some traumatic (laughs) experience yeah for real now i'm a good driver I got my C D L. Growing up. Uh, yeah, those that'd be, would that'd be mine.
1: Growing up as a kid, those are horrifying stories. Growing up as a kid, uh, my dad would sit me on his lap and have me steer the car while he did the gas and brake while we were in Georgia. In Georgia, out in the boonies where my grandparents lived and we visited them every year, um, the roads were much more calm. And so he'd sit me in his lap, sure. and, and uh, I learned the feel. Because obviously, what freaks you out is the overload of information when you first climb behind that wheel.
0: Absolutely. And in mm-hmm. your critical
1: decision making, you aren't used to the feel of the vehicle, and so you're you're freezing and you're overthinking and you're doing all this stuff. But if you have that under your belt, you know, and you're used to the feel of things, or if you grew up around dirt bikes or or four wheelers or quads, as some people call them. Um, then that's much more natural to you, right? So, um, yeah. So for me, by the time I got my learner's permit and then my driver's license, I felt pretty comfortable behind the wheel. So luckily, no super near death experiences in the vehicle. But man, that's that that would keep me up at night. That's for sure.
0: Well, definitely, like in the moment too i don't think i registered how close i was mm. it was like after that i was like oh man like mm. i gotta be careful and as kids are just they think they're invincible you know yeah so yeah. i was definitely that way and those kind of showed me that i wasn't it took getting into an actual accident for me to like really learn my lesson but that was after i got my license and it was not my fault either by the way thank you very much um the only time i got a ticket was because of that and there's like there's a whole other story and i'm very bitter about it but nonetheless uh i'm a good driver now okay i drive buses (laughs) so i'm good now but at the time i don't know why my parents even let me because i definitely did not have the experience the know-how and yeah you're right you just get so overwhelmed it's like so overwhelmed with all the different things going on um like, I, I don't know what it was. Like, it didn't translate. Like, people could explain it to me, right? I've played Mario Kart my whole life. <laughs> but once I was actually behind the wheel and, like... Stop the The, the thing... Stop. I remember the thing that, like, really got me was how touchy the car was. Mm-hmm. Like, you just turn the wheel a little bit and it's, like, right It, like, pulls. And that was something that I had a really hard time wrapping my head around. That and mirrors. Like, using my rear view and my side mirrors. That also, that was like portal. <laughs> like I had to like <laughs> bend my mind around like, Oh wait, I'm seeing behind me when I look over there. Like I don't have to completely physically turn around to look. Um, actually that was why I started to merge into the other lane and didn't stop that first time. That first story was because I was turning to see my blind spot. And I just like, as I turned my body, I also turned. Yes, the wheel Yes. And didn't realize. Very common
1: mistake. Very common.
0: Yeah. Stupid, stupid. Um, Glad we're here, glad we're alive, and since we are, let's go ahead and jump into our pick of the week, and that is Mario Galaxy. The first the original uh the creative super mario galaxy released on the nintendo wii in 2007 super mario galaxy was a return to form for super mario after the escapade that was mario sunshine you guys can go take a uh, look at our episode on sunshine we've also done an episode on odyssey but galaxy is a seminal moment in gaming at large but especially for the mario franchise so let's talk about this jared What's your history with Galaxy? Uh, where are you coming from as you're going through this again now? Um, what was your perspective on it, and has that been reinforced or changed as you've played through it this next or this most recent time?
1: Nothing but love for Super Mario Galaxy from my end. I remember the first time I ever saw this. You know, there was a kid in my church growing up whose name was Luke, and Luke always had the newest Mario game. He was always the guy whose house we went over for Smash Brothers tournaments, for um, Mario Kart tournaments, for you know, even when he had the GameCube and the Donkey Kong beats, you know, the the, the bongo drums. That was him. Um, you know, he was the Mario kid at my church, and um, he he introduced me to Galaxy. Not even intentionally. I just he was my younger brother's friend, so he wasn't quite in my friend circle, but he was known for mario of course and i went over his place to pick up my brother and sure enough mario galaxy was you know on the wii the wii was this all the rage at the time still mm-hmm. and when was the wii released was it 20 2006 or
0: i think it's 06 yeah i think it's 06 it might be yeah no it's 06 yeah
1: and then um and then obviously super mario galaxy wii sports you know if you were to look at the top selling games for the wii it's you know wii sports wii sports resort uh, Super Smash Brothers Brawl, We Fit, We Play, We—it's you know the wii specific games—and then sitting at number nine is Super Mario Galaxy because the the fanfare of this game when it was released was absolutely phenomenal, and I remember seeing him play it and running around on these, you know small planets right and was blown away by the physics and how things worked i couldn't stop long jumping because as mario if you long jump in super mario galaxy you might very well end up on another planet and um the idea was originally um grabbed not grabbed shown pardon me in a 2000 demo on spherical platforms by Nintendo, uh, on the GameCube. So they had this concept for years of, and the whole, you know, obviously Mario Galaxy is built on the uniqueness of running around small planets. That is what grabs every user, every player's attention. And it grabbed me for sure. And by the time I finally got my hands on it, probably maybe six months, a year later, and my family had a, Wii. finally it was bought for us for Christmas used of course. And, um, um, when I finally got my hands on it, I was hooked and I played hours and hours and hours. I got to the point where you could replay it as Luigi and I got all the green stars and all the extra stars and all this stuff. I don't know if I 100%ed it as a kid, Um, but I played the comets and I played the challenges and the special planets and and of course like i just played the heck out of it and even at family gatherings you know um or parties or my graduation i remember my graduation playing super mario galaxy because it had such a hold on me at the time um which let me think here i i graduated i think i was replaying that at the time i don't remember what it was and Anyway, it was a it might have been it might not have been graduation. My memory's crap. But um I remember having a party and playing <laughs> Super Mario Galaxy. I was just just addicted to it. It was so much fun. And um it it is a legendary game. It's, it's star stars you know striking. You know, it stars struck me for sure. And my impression mm. of it has not changed to this day as the um one of the three games released in Mario All-Stars, or, or is it Superstars? I don't remember. Mario 3D All-Stars. Um, it is absolutely All-Stars. a game to this day that's worth playing, and I love it, totally.
0: Great. No, I agree. And you, I think, nail it on the head when you say that, like, the, the thing that draws people in is those planets, the gravity element, mm-hmm. and Nintendo struck gold with that idea, like, There's no denying it after seeing what Galaxy has become. And that was what also kind of grabbed me, kind of seeing like the, whoa, like I'm looking at Mario's head right now because he's on the side of a planet. Like, what? And then, yeah, once you actually play it yourself and you do that long jump, the good egg galaxy is the first galaxy. And the first little planet that you land on is perfect for just letting you have fun with the With the gravity like it's shaped like a disc but it has like little structures on each side and you can just jump across the edge of it and and long jump right around it and just go way far out beyond the planet itself so it feels like right you're like a moon orbiting it or something before you come back down to the ground and it just teaches you that it just shows you that and is, is absolutely perfect in that way i know when i first played the game i just like ran around that area for a solid like, 15 yeah. minutes yes same. <laughs> just like whoa like well and even like when you go to the side you're kind of like oh i can kind of like walk and you kind of go slowly and then the thing reorients and now you're on the other side and you're like wow wow and you had seen a little bit of that in the tutorial like it has you on a large uh spherical planet but a sphere makes sense in that almost because there's no edges right. but when you have like right. disc-based planet and it's an obvious top and bottom that only pushed it further and really like showed you like okay this game's gonna do some fun stuff but i i personally have a very deep connection with this game i've told this story before so i'm not gonna beat a dead horse but i hunted galaxy uh, as I was hunting Wii, I called GameStops every day for like two weeks. Uh, I had like a list of 20 different GameStops in the area, and I just called them every single morning, 10 o'clock as soon as they opened, and asked them if they had a Nintendo Wii. And that was when they were all hopping and popping, and there were nobody, or there was none on the shelves. I finally got a Wii and that same night I went to Walmart I bought Super Mario Galaxy with my parents money and I cracked that sucker open and started playing and I haven't looked back since it got me back into video games I played games on my Game Boy Advance as a kid and Playstation 2 but I had kind of started to fall off and Galaxy got me back. After that, I got super into podcasts uh, on video games. I got super into like the, the console wars and um, reading the news about it and paying attention to each release and picking up on all the little details. Like That's really where my knowledge base of gaming started to be built was when I got Galaxy. And it's because of Galaxy that I got involved, so... Very much owe a lot to this game. Love it for all that it is, but also what it's meant to me. And um, yeah, I mean, let's talk about it. So Galaxy really was, in my opinion, Jared, it was a return to form. Now, I know you love Sunshine, uh, but classic Mario is notably absent in sunshine and by classic Mario, I kind of mean more like the mushroomy kingdom, like the locales, right? Yeah. You got the sunshine yeah. theme, the, the movement of Mario's there. You got all that. And, and, and galaxy has that too, but they've slowed it down, right? They sunshine kind of went overboard, not overboard. I, I don't think, but like kind of just went like as crazy as possible as they could think of with the movement and the different uh, capabilities that you had with flood and galaxy pairs that back. All right. You don't have a water backpack anymore. Uh, you got your basic jumps. We'll put your long jump back on there. Okay, that's fine. But this is Mario 64. Okay, you've got the Mario 64 move set with a spin. Okay, we'll put a spin in there just so you can take out some baddies and do some other stuff. Uh, shoot through stars and whatnot. But otherwise... We're going to go back to what Mario used to be. We're going to have a variety of different levels all tied around one central theme. I don't know how they struck on the galaxy idea. I'm assuming it's because they had the uh, the physics of the gravity in its place. But brilliant. They somehow did it. I don't think anybody ever expected them to pull it off. I don't think it's easy to explain in today's terms how weird and bizarre it even was to see Mario in space. Like just that alone, him flying through the air, like on the cover, like seeing art of that, and then seeing him running around these planets, your brain kind of had to go there, like it it wasn't natural, and you had to realize, like, oh wait, yeah, okay, I guess Mario can do that, and that's kind of crazy, and it's out of this world, right? And that part of the game is so like nobody says enough about it because, quite frankly, that feeling of like whoa. What are they doing here? Like, just catches your eye when you're playing this game. Of course, you've got the physics of the gravity itself. But, wow. Like, the just the setting in and of itself. Not like I'm, I'm saying right now that this is a return to classic Mario. But at the same time, this was the most ambitious Mario title, I think, as well. It goes both ways. And I... I I love it. I love it absolutely. I don't know if you would disagree with any of that, Jerry. No, uh, I think I think this is back to what it ought to be, and then also they are pushing it, uh, pushing the envelope in level uh, in ways that even Odyssey has has not done. No, uh,
1: you're you are absolutely correct. Um, when um, Shigeru Miyamoto suggested in you know the early 2000s that Nintendo do a large scale Mario game, they were thinking only after the release of sunshine and they meant large scale and Mario sunshine is still pretty large. Uh, Correct me if I'm wrong, but it's bigger than 64. Correct. I I don't really, I don't know quite know the square footage there. I
0: don't know what metrics you'd use for bigger. Right. Right. Um, (laughs) But certainly
1: the, uh, the, the scale of, of super Mario galaxy is astronomical uh, to put not too fine a point on it. And, and we'll have lots of puns on this episode.
0: Say what again? I said, we're just going to have a lot of puns. Yes, there's get, nothing but get puns. To it. Um, but they they were like, let's go
1: big, man. Let's go absolutely massive and taking advantage of that Super Mario 128 GameCube tech demo uh, that they debuted in two thousand and and really ran with it and you 're exactly right it 's a return to classic form. Mario is without supplement. I mean you have the tiny little uh star bit shooter, but I mean that only that doesn 't really even scratch the surface of what it would mean to have a tool right and Of course, you know, like other games, you have changes to mario 's outfit, obviously special power ups and time limited of course, in some ways stricter than others. Um, and that allow Mario to do different things, but really took advantage of this huge idea that is the galaxy and the universe. And really, it, it is encapsulated all in that final boss battle when it says the title aptly is the fate of the universe, and that is the final boss battle. And there's nothing more true than that in the grand scheme of things. And Mario has not since nor before come up with a scale of this magnitude. And I don't think they can based on the definition of universe, right? You'd have to have like Mario, the adventure to God, right? (laughs) To do anything bigger. And then that would not go over well. So, um, it is, it is absolutely the largest Mario game in terms of ambition, scope and scale. And, uh, it, it, they just nail it. They really, they really sell everything. They, they take the best use of the gravity mechanics, um, that they had in mind. And, 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 Come up with an incredibly compelling story, um, as well as some uh, lovable, lovable characters, side characters. Um, yeah. Notably Rosalina and the Lumas, who are, you know, just great, great, great setting all the way around. And it's a beautiful game, Josh. It's so beautiful. Oh, even, my
0: goodness, dude. Even
1: now, playing it on the Switch years and years later, um, just about 14 years later, it is so tremendously beautiful.
0: Yeah, no, I, I, we'll talk about that a lot, <laughs> so I don't want to get ahead here, but I do want to, before we get into the gameplay and the galaxies and everything, we got to just mention again, and we've said, you know, we've got the scale here, we've got the uh, awesome variety within the galaxies, you've got the risks, but we've said this before, Jared, but this game is epic. Mm-hmm. It's epic epic and there's a lot of reasons why obviously the level of going to the universe level of things is pretty uh, fantastic and helping with that but also the story here is serious interestingly kind of like there's a gravitas like a like sobering situations like bowser okay it's kind of funny when you look at it directly like bowser's setting up his own super galaxy by like you know Taking them and uh, doing whatever and combining them, whatever he's trying to do with that, and like set up his like kingdom galaxy or whatever. Like, okay, that's a little goofy, but like they take it all so seriously. And like like you said, by the end when you get to like the fate of the universe and everything, you feel that and you're with that. And no other Mario game is like that. Um, In fact, even Galaxy Two, it's almost like they knew that they had shot their shot with Galaxy and actually performing an epic with this setting they realize that okay mario going to this next level has to have all of the elements that would make such a thing truly special and if if the galaxies are going to be special we have to take this seriously and so we're going to make this story not just about mario trying to save Peach from Bowser, who wants to marry her. But Bowser, who's trying to conquer the universe, and Mario as this lone hero who has been thrust aside in the original attack and now has to slowly make his way to the center of the universe in order to save everyone and that's that's just so crazy like the even even picturing mario as like this tragic figure this hero of of lore and myth who's who's having to bring all of this together and utilize his own personal skills the plumber i guess who jumps and uh, go to all <laughs> these different galaxies and 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 take in all of these different stars, despite all of the challenges, despite how many different things that Bowser has put in place to repel you to stop you, um, he's already attacked Rosalina. There's just like so much of like this epic feel to what's happening here, and you're you're playing through it and you believe it, you buy it. You're not like rolling your eyes at this. You're not right. feeling like oh, right. I kind of wish that I had Goofy Mario back. Like I I don't need this overly serious plot. But Galaxy somehow uh, delivers on that in... The midst of also delivering on its other ambitions. And it, it just, and I think it kind of, like I said, they kind of work together. Like it's almost like none of it would have worked together unless they all did it exactly how they did. And even with, like I said, Galaxy 2, it's not as serious. It's not as uh, epic. It's a lot more fun. It's a lot more uh, freedom loving, kind of like Odyssey. Like Odyssey has that same kind of like, hey, we're going on a vacation. We're romping around the world. And each little kingdom's a funny little thing. And there's all kinds of goofy creatures. And let's have a grand old time. Time, but Galaxy is like, no, we're going to this uh, the space junk galaxy, and like, what's going on here? And like, it, it's got a little bit more of a sense of mystery and awe to it. It's not as fun loving, but at the same time, at its core, it is still awesome, super fun Mario. And the setting, its epicness, I think just we, we got to acknowledge that up front.
1: I think that when you. Have you ever had the chance to? I'm sure you have. You're a teacher. Have you ever had the chance to ask your students, "Hey, what do you want to be when you grow up?" I have, yeah. And and their response is usually, you know, whatever their current obsession is. I want to be at this. I want to be at that. And yeah. And to be frank, the over, you know, the, the reason we ask that question is because we all know that there's nothing any one of us can do about time. And time marches ever onward, whether you like it or not, you will get old and you will pass on from this life. And the best approach to that reality has always been with some gusto, with some optimism, with some passion and some love and some kindness. Some get up and go. To get up and go. And to be frank with you, that is something that you experience in this game repeatedly in the form of these little Lumas, every time you meet a little Luma, they have what they're going to be when they grow up in the back of their minds. Because if there's anything worth protecting in this world, it is the innocence of the children. And in my mind, I can't help but see this overarching narrative of these Lumas as young children that Rosalina is tasked with protecting until they fulfill their purpose. And some of them turn into planets. Some of them turn into stars. Some of them, you know, are just hungry and they want a snack and then they help you get onto your next journey. But (laughs) there is something lost when the Luma that you've been conversing with fulfills its purpose and no longer has the infinite possibilities that it could be and has instead accepted the role that it was born to do with love and kindness in its heart. And its purpose is to get you as Mario on your way to the next step to the next journey so that you as the protagonist can save the universe from Bowser taking his innocence. And I, I can't help but think that that is where this game gets its seriousness from. It's never stated. It's never directly on the nose, but it is simply in the final cutscene when the Lumas decide collectively that their purpose is not to become something great, but to sacrifice themselves for the sake of the galaxy. And I played it through this most recent time and I played it through the first time and wept both times because there's something there that despite, you know, the frivolity of Mario, the jumping plumber, that there is an innocence and a seriousness that we all grow up, that we all have to... Accept the role that the universe has given to us and to do so with love and kindness in our hearts is the best of humanity. And I think that truly, truly from the bottom of my heart, the reason this game is great is because it demonstrates to you what it means to let forth the best of your humanity and I know that's a little on the nose that's a little heavy for you know our podcast we try to you know obviously be chill and be light but but I think truly that's where this game gets its weight from it gets its gravitas from it's the scope and scale of the universe yes but what is the universe but individuals who have purpose and that's hmm. that's what this game is and it makes me cry it's beautiful it's it's a tremendous yes. it's a tremendous game and I I think you nailed it when you say that this game has a seriousness that you can't quite put a finger on um so no I, I i totally agree with you
0: i think that you're absolutely right as well there's something stern inside me even just listening to you talk about that because like just like immediate as you're talking i was just like picturing that final scene with all the lumas like diving into the middle to save everyone else And sacrificing themselves so that you can do what you were supposed to do, and so you can be with your princess and everything, and yeah, amazing, Uh, phenomenal, in that respect. I I also think of the just the love and care of Rosalina as well, understanding that that's the path that she's setting these people or these these young Lumas on. I love the little storybook. I don't know if you got to do this this most recent time, Jared, but going into the little library and listening to Rosalina tell this tale of how she first met the Lumas and uh, became their mother, really, their celestial mom that they were looking for and hoping for. And now she's taken on that role and and helps them get where they need to go is, is touching is beautiful. I would love to get that as an actual like cardboard children's book. Yes. And have that because it it is a it's a wonderful little story of this young girl like soaring through the stars and um, doing it to aid this this small creature. But yeah, there's a there's a heart and soul to this game that you don't see very often, right? Video games are all flashy. They're about the numbers popping off the characters. They're they're about pulling off that slick counter in Sekiro. They're about all kinds of of dopamine hits and uh giving you fun and satisfaction and every now and then every so often this game comes in that delivers on something more that hits you on a level that other games just simply do not and that's not to say that other games are less valuable right Right. we've got all kinds of games in our hall of games that don't do what this is doing uh but this is truly special and um We just want to take note of that. The story, though, I mean, we've (laughs) we've basically talked through.
1: Did you...
0: Did you wish for more? Was this one of those, like, we just got off talking about Sunshine. Sunshine's got some more plot twists, right? You got the question of Shadow Mario and everything. In Galaxy, did you wish for a little bit more? It is it is a lot more straightforward in that you have this quest, right? And you're going to beat the Bowser guy at the end.
1: No, I, I never felt that it was lacking, and partly partly because of the inclus- uh, inclusion, pardon me, of all of the characters. I mean, you have Luigi, you got Peach, you got the Toads, and the Toads show up multiple times throughout the universe. You got the inclusion of Rosalina and all of the Lumas, and that little space ob- uh, observatory that the Lumas are on is densely populated. There's Lumas everywhere, so it feels like a home, you know? There's nothing yeah. missing in the storyline. You have Bowser and bowser jr you have the inclusion of the uh, magicians uh camex K- are they how are you
0: the Cam yeah cam- cam- right, right.
1: excuse me you have the you- or maybe it's kamek kamek pardon me pardon me i always hated kamek in mario baseball for the gamecube i hated kamek he always got on base <laughs> and i hated it he was such a like mid-tier yeah, batter
0: and- i actually know exactly what you mean
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah and um but no and then the booze they use the booze there's the ghostly galaxy right like There's a whole bunch of it's almost as if this is the Mario game that is the most inclusive of all of them, and I, you know, maybe I could be wrong technically on that point, but because it, you know, Galaxy Two has Yoshi, right? This universe does not have Yoshi. At least I don't think it does. Um, You have the Good Egg Galaxy, which is kind of a callback to Yoshi, I think kind of looks like Yoshi a mm-hmm. little bit, but it's not sure. It doesn't actually have Yoshi. Like uh, Sunshine and um Galaxy Two incorporate Yoshi in. But um
0: Yes but, Galaxy Two man Yeah gotta go play I it. know it I
1: need to I need to. But uh but certainly no, I didn't feel like anything was missing. And uh the way the story wraps up so nicely. And then seamlessly Rosalina's comment to you once you get to the observatory after beating the game as I did this last time, which was I knew you'd be back. I knew you'd be back and uh, working to get more of the stars. And so, you know, I, I don't think this game is missing anything. It's lovely all the way around.
0: Okay. I'd agree. Uh, It's, it's, it's epic. I love it. And it's, it's got a lot of fun moments too, even throughout like Bowser's levels are always like, you know, you you feel it. Yes. You're like, oh man, like this is awesome. And it's, it's got the music going. Oh, we could talk about the music and how it very much aids in all of what we're talking about right now uh but we'll talk about music along the way uh story's awesome it is a mario game right you're not going to get anything too complicated there's not very much in the way of uh like voice acting if anything at all right there's just like happy grunts and stuff so that is what it is but let's talk about the gameplay itself Jared, what did you think of how Mario moved in this game? Do you prefer another game over this one?
1: No, I I feel like um I feel like the the movement of Mario is as um what's the word I'm looking for? Bare bones as necessary in a good way, just in the sense that like Mario Sunshine is built around Flood, right? And then this is a return to, like you were saying, classical Mario. And so gameplay feels like, why would you add a flood for flying in the galaxy? Mario is in uncharted territory. He's out in the middle of space. Being aided and thrown through the literal sky by stars, uh, sling stars and and lumas and all this different stuff thrown through the little air. Why would he want any tools? It's just going to be him and back to the basics and trying to survive. And I like that. I feel like this is a return to like Yoshi is a is an added complexity in Galaxy Two, right? And this game is other than adding the spin to you know your your B move or whatever it is. Um, This is a a true Mario platformer, and I like that. I I think that the gameplay is smooth. It never feels unfair. Um, Obviously, you have a little bit of – I won't say jankiness because that's disrespectful. (laughs) But um, you have a little bit of funkiness trying to learn how gravity works. But it never feels Hmm. cheap or, or, or without consideration. For instance, um, the sling stars, like moving the blue gravity stars, pulling on the gravity. If you go too long in space, mm-hmm. you will return to the the biggest gravity object that you were before. So there's a rhyme which and a cool. reason to your movement throughout. Um, your, you have to, you can spin and stagger enemies, but you do have to still jump on top of them, which is, you know, a return to original Mario form. The use of power ups. Um, the spring Mario launching you really high. That mm-hmm. that obviously makes sense. Freeze Mario, the addition of the skating, the honeybee Mario where you can fly and stuff like that. I felt like the gameplay, not only did it make sense, but it was clever uses of, or pardon me, clever additions to the base Mario gameplay that we all have come to know and love. And I really don't have too many complaints about the gameplay. I think spring Mario is a little funky and hard to get used to, um specifically but off the top of my head other than that there are really i don't have too many complaints now i would say this i would say that mario odyssey has a better gameplay mechanic probably because it's the newer game and because it returns to a traditional console like the nintendo switch so it's more based it's less based on your movement of your hands sure. obviously yeah. whereas the wii
0: yeah no absolutely
1: whereas the wii but i'll but i'll say this secondly Compare this to Skyward Sword being on the Wii or the Switch, which was awful. We complained for hours. (laughs) Go back and listen to our Skyward Sword episode because I think Josh and I agreed that the movement was so – it was annoying. It was annoying. And Mario Galaxy, even on the Switch – and I played it on a controller, so I I didn't have too much more of the movement. But as a kid, playing on the Wii with the nunchuck, right, having your two hands free really to to move about and – and to move Mario around the universe always felt fair and smooth, um, to, to put it succinctly. And and I I don't know that it's the best. I think I might prefer Odyssey a little bit, to be frank, just because it, it, it feels more unique, right? Like the mechanics are more consistent throughout. Um, sometimes I felt like unless I had to use a power-up in Mario that I would rather not to sometimes um, for the sake of simplicity. Uh, in Galaxy, I mean. Um, so, you know, that... Those are just kind of my my thoughts roughly there. How would you compare the gameplay of this, of Galaxy, to some of the other Mario titles maybe that we've talked about?
0: You know, it does feel like a simpler, simplified version of some of the other games. And I say that without wanting to say anything negative about it, Mm -hmm. Um Especially after playing Sunshine. But even in comparison with Odyssey, like, if you play one of those two games first and then you try to go back to Galaxy, you're going to notice it. Like, you're just going to feel like, oh, uh, this is just simpler, right? I'm, I'm moving forward. And I'm f-. Like, the gravity was such an important and crazy concept that they didn't want to overwhelm me with a bunch of other mechanics. I get that. Um, but. You feel it. I mean, at least I do, especially when you go between games. When you play it in isolation, it's going to feel perfect. Like Mario moves. He, he moves where you want him to go. Uh, he's got some heft to him in this yes. game, yeah. Um, which I think is, of course, going to help you kind of determine things a little bit better than the floatiness of Sunshine. But the spin works pretty well. It's a very forgiving mechanic. And Mario Odyssey, the hat is too... But in this game, you you save your butt a lot with the spin. Um, yes. Just because, you you know, if you're falling off or whatever, you can just, like, fling yourself back up. It's, it's an extra jump, essentially. And the game's difficulty, like any challenges that might be brought forth, are mitigated because of that. And... Outside of that, though, I don't think that there's any particular, like, issue I have with the movement. It's just less. Like, you don't have all the crazy flips and spins and stuff that you can do in Odyssey. You don't have Flood. So, it is like Mario 64. And, in fact, even less than 64. Um, This one's probably the most simplified movement that 3D Mario has gotten. 64, you've got, like, a punch and you've got a dive. You don't have those here. Um, So, take that. How you will. I think that they simplified Mario. One, because the galaxies themselves were going to be the star of the show, right? They're going to be the focus. And they really want to build those out and just have a very basic movement set to work with, right? So they're not breaking the game in a bunch of ways. and so they can just get crazy creative with the galaxies. But then also... I'm forgetting my second point as I was speaking. Um, Keeping it simple. Also... I don't remember what I was going to say. I had another good point, but I don't remember what it was. Um, but that is what I think here. I don't know if it's a bad thing. I think that the star bits is an interesting but very superficial thing to add to it, right? Um, iconic, though, and on the Wii, it was perfect, yeah, because you had the pointer. Yes. And the way yes. that you held the nunchuck and the remote, right. you'd spin with the remote, but then also kind of just, like, casually flip your wrist right. around and collect some star right. bits as you are going um so I get why they had it it's really very really straightforward simple thing and it works okay on the switch like you've got the motion control and you can kind of swing your control around if you need um so it works just fine well it works a little bit less once you get to like grabbing bubbles and stuff then the accuracy is a little bit more to be like leave something to be desired um but what were you about to say right
1: well the I was gonna say the pointer, Is actually like as opposed to Skyward Sword, like very aptly used sparingly, of course. Like it's not your primary uh, locomotion, obviously being the movement and the long jump, uh, as well as like wall jumps and stuff like that, somersaults. Um, But the the Star Pointer being used in transit adds a sense of um purpose to your traveling in between points and really makes you look forward to it which is a clever use of it it's also used to feed hungry lumas which is a fun satisfying thing to do it's yeah. also used to stun enemies in some cases or give you coins um, you can shoot a, a a star bit at a coin in which you make a little trade off there and maybe a boss battle or something like that and that's very useful in addition to solving some puzzles when mario's up in a bubble which is why i asked you i was wondering where you're going with that when Mario's up in a bubble, the, the the pointer is used as a wind, like to blow your bubble. So it, it helps a little bit in moving to and from in, in certain um, uh, certain puzzle areas, right, where you're trying to avoid obstacles as you float through the, the air. Um, it's used to gra- in each of the domes that you go into. It's used to gr- pull you up towards the ceiling and and then navigate. You know, it's it's the perfect use of the pointer. It never is in the yeah, way. Yeah, Because it doesn't serve any functionality other than special purposes here and there. As opposed to, again, I keep going back to this, the just absolute annoyance that was trying to use the motion controls in Skyward Sword, which was always in the way. Always in the way. So, um, certainly, a game built for the Wii, and that's something that, to be honest, if the Switch hadn't had incorporated motion controls, would be lost uh in the playing of this game and it was really cool to me how i could use my controller i just have one of those cheap knockoff controllers from gamestop um i think it was actually nintendo brand though so maybe it's not i don't i just remember being like 20 bucks or something and um it it can because the technology has advanced so far we're over a decade from the wii release um it has the functionality of a normal old style controller which is as opposed to the nunchuck and Wii combo where your hands are only tied by a cord loosely, um, you can still point at the screen and get an accurate result. So that's cool. Like You can retain the original concept of the game in a modern console, and I really like that, that it's not a pain in the butt. So movement is really perfected in this game, Um, and you can flick your wrist to spin or you can hit the B button. That's also it's very nice. So um, I really, I really like this. This was a, a game built for the Wii, and it really, and I remember too the movement as you are riding the manta rays in the some of the the swimming levels. Yeah. That's really enjoyable, um, difficult but not stupid, and yeah, no, just all around very, very enjoyable movement and the kind of the the constant thought of falling off the edge. Um, really kind of makes you makes your nerves tingle a little bit in an enjoyable sense. <laughs> um, so it, it's it's kind of the because you only have three chances before you get a game over, as opposed to the the recently released uh, as a like for what I mean is the Sunshine that was released before Galaxy, which is you have how I many how many lives do you have? Six or seven? It's like six or seven hits before you die. I don't remember. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. But Galaxy is three.
0: They're about to. Yeah. yeah.
1: So it's like even though the difficulty seems lesser in my mind, at least just by a small hair, or a small margin, um, there is more weight to your decisions and your movements and your precision because of the you only have three chances before you get a game over. And on top of that, in most levels you have a swirling
0: black hole. So if you make a misstep, you're done. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yep. Absolutely. That nice little balance because they do have to kind of explain why you die sometimes if you do have this gravity based thing that's going to pull right. you back to the planet right so black hole makes perfect sense and yeah that's always the kind of there looming somewhere like if you if you make a mistake and you you know like oh like jumped off of the side of honey hive galaxy or something like you're not gonna magically go back to like the side of the planet it's like no they're gonna kill you <laughs> like you're gonna lose a life sorry it's still a video game like this isn't some magical place where you just gravity saves you every single time well, actually, in that case, gravity's killing you, right? Because of the black hole. Right. Uh, but, yeah. I think the motion is adequate, and it's it's subtle. I think that's why it translates well to the switch. You've got the pointer, and then you've got a few motion-based levels, and that's about it. You've got the, the spin, but that can be switched to a button. So, the the pointer works fairly well. I'd be very curious how Galaxy 2 works, because Galaxy 2 uses that a little bit more precisely. Um the bubbling works, the 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 fan works, the slinging works. Like, if you have to pull Mario back and sling him. I don't care for the motion when it comes to the Manta Ray levels and the, like, rolling ball levels. Mm-hmm. I just don't care mm-hmm. for it. I I get very stressed. They're fine, right? I've beaten them all, so it's not like I wasn't able to do it. And it wasn't to the point where it was so frustrating. I do remember the Manta levels being very frustrating the first few times I played them. Once you get a feel for them, though, it's fine. It's fine. Um, I'm not the biggest advocate for motion, so those parts of Mario Galaxy are on the part that I'd say is probably, like, my least favorites on that tier of like, kind of least favorite aspects. But it's fine. It all works fairly well, and some of the, like... Like, the rolling ball, I think the very last one, it's, like, the, like, one you have to unlock... Um, that level has a lot of creativity and originality to it. So can't deny anything that that's that's doing there. But overall, motion I could leave, but I am glad that they did it subtly on a level that does aid. It's not anything that takes away, necessarily, uh, from what's going on. But uh, outside of that, uh, of course, as far as gameplay, uh, really the focus of gameplay is concerned, galaxies, Um, the galaxies themselves, right? Did you find yourself, like, as you played through this another time, really, like, gravitating, no pun intended, toward a particular, like, galaxy or a few galaxies? Personally, I could list off ones that I'd very much like over others, but did you find that or do you feel like overall they're all fairly balanced and you have a really awesome experience with each one?
1: I have never enjoyed two things in Mario franchises. I have never enjoyed ice levels and I have never enjoyed mm-hmm. in, in the particular genre of um, classical Mario games such as Super Mario Bros. for the Wii. Do you remember playing Super Mario Bros. for the Wii, the four player where you could have up to four people?
0: Yeah, New Super Mario Bros. Yes. Yeah.
1: The the new yeah, that's right. Super Mario Bros and the classic Mario I have never enjoyed uh haunted mansion levels ever, ever. Really? Yes, I'm not a fan. I just oh. the boos are annoying. I don't like the dark and the the not you know, it's just they've been annoying. So ice levels and boo levels, I don't I care for I it. weep. That's why partially I really like Mario Sunshine is because they were reinvented in a less uh affronting way so i enjoy them more um but so for me it's uh, anything other than those two has been pretty good like i like most of the the levels i remember playing and one of the games understated really not even worth mentioning really but the the understated fun parts is the multiplayer in which someone can play as your luma as your star bit or whatever and there's some things you can do you can make mario jump a little higher if i remember correctly or or shoot star bits at people primarily and stuff. So it's it's kind of fun. I remember playing with my brother just a little bit uh, before he got bored of it, of course. But that's also fun. That's a good use of the pointer um, in the game. But as far as, uh, side note, as far as like levels and galaxies go, um, I actually really enjoyed the opposite. I enjoyed the manta ray. I enjoyed the ball rolling. I enjoyed the sunny swimming levels. It's funny, I complain so much about swimming and sunshine because it is awesome. Awful! Oh, my goodness. It's terrible. And swimming in Mario Galaxy is much more relaxed and easier to maneuver. Obviously, you just have the dive button, and then you can swim around with A in any direction, um, pushing A button. And and you don't take a hit to your life every time you run out of error. It's just it's kind of a, a countdown timer, which is a, a fantastic improvement over Sunshine, which was annoying. You, like, take a hit. And. Go ahead.
0: Jared, and you can spin infinitely.
1: Yes, yes. No, you're exactly right. The, so much improved uh, in many different ways as far as the worlds are concerned. And I know we talk about theming when we talk about Sunshine as far as like it's all on one island. So of course there's going to be you know some similarities as far as like uh, Pianzas in one case and Nokis in another. And so they kind of merge and, and whatever else. But I did think that each dome in the observatory does a good job of giving you a variety within that dome so even if you're in the fountain or the kitchen or the bedroom um you or the engine room or whatever you're getting a variety all throughout um and some new galaxy inspired you know like the 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 dreadnought level that's a pretty fun unique galaxy level um Let's think uh, the Toyland level that stands out to me. The candy, yes. candy levels, uh, or Cake Land, or Sweet mm-hmm. Sugar Land, whatever. Um, I think that one's a special one. I think you have to feed a Luma for that one. Um, but
0: I probably. But
1: yeah. the. Uh, but yeah, anything outside of, and this has always been the case for me, at least. Anything outside of the ice levels and the Boo levels, I'm a big fan of. <laughs> How about you, Josh? What stands out? Mm.
0: I love pretty much everything in this game, but there's there's a few that like are near and dear to my heart. For some reason, the bedroom, um, the galaxies that are in the bedroom, like that little purple uh, hub thing yep. is full of like the best ones in my opinion. You got Gusty Garden in there which has the most epic music. I like Freeze Flame Galaxy. You got the Lava versus Ice. I don't know the Lots of people don't like that. Um, I like the ice skating is fun. They did it in a fairly well way here. Uh, there's ice skating in uh, Mario 3D World that's a little bit better than this, but this is still, I liked it. I had a great time with it, and I like the puzzles that come from that. Those are actually probably my two favorite galaxies right there, and they're both in the bedroom. Um, you got Dusty Dune too. That one's a lot of fun. But uh, outside of that, like I, I think that the main galaxies, like the ones that have like more than one or two stars, right? Some of them are like the Lumas, right? Like you said, um, the the hungry, hungry dessert one is like that and there's a bunch more like there's one where like uh and the luma's ones are always interesting because you didn't see them right there you're like waiting for it to form um and that's the case even like in levels if you ever feed a luma like you're like oh what's it gonna turn into sometimes it turns into like something really weird or like one time it's like a yoshi head um other times it's like something really basic just like another regular looking platform planet but when they soar off and then they turn to something, it's always something unique. Like they they have these like one off galaxies, right? Nintendo just had so many freaking ideas that they have these like interesting little one off galaxies. Sometimes those work, sometimes they don't. Um, I was gonna say there's like one where there's like a massive uh, bonefish swimming around. Don't care. For yeah, that one. and yeah. and that's kind of the case. Like with those those single star ones, they're kind of you either love them or you hate them. The main ones though pretty much across the board if you have 6 stars i think is what their like standard is um I don't think there's a single bad one. I, I really, really don't. They are amazing in their design. All so unique, right? You're going all over the universe in this game. Uh, you mentioned Dreadnought. That one's awesome. It's got that industrial vibe to it. There's several beach-themed ones, right? Um, Gusty Garden is like this crazy garden. There's like uh, apples, like massive planet apples, and this giant worm <laughs> that goes through yep, each one. Yep. Like, what a unique, interesting yes. idea, right? yeah um, the ones with the bees in them, which that one you got two of. I didn't care for that, right? You kinda got like the yes. Um what is it? The honeybee kingdom, Honey Hive Galaxy at the yep. start and then it turns into the Gold Leaf yep. Galaxy. Hey, I land. noticed
1: that this last playthrough. I totally agree with you. I was like, Oh man, and here I was thinking this game was perfect, but they reused a the galaxy
0: yeah yeah that was like my only disappointment in like the main galaxy specifically like if they had gold leaf as like a one star okay that's fine but they made it into its own separate thing and I was like ah okay kind of feels like you were like running short on yep, ideas though yep. um but so many so many unique ones um ghostly galaxy I'm just reading off a list here just maybe some of these will stick out in people's minds uh battle rock galaxy that's a is a good a ton one. of fun lots of yeah, that's kind of like Dreadnought 1.0, and the Dreadnought's kind of like Balrog 2.0. Um, all of the Bowser levels are great. Um, man, I mean, these last ones are, are crazy. The Deep Dark Galaxy <laughs> is so interesting. It looks so basic, and then when you land, it's got, like, little mystery music. It's like, doo-doo, doo-doo, doo-doo. What's going on over here? And you're just <laughs> kind of trying to figure it out, and like uh, each time you land on this is the case for each galaxy. But in Deep Dark Galaxy, I remember thinking this specifically: like you're like, what's going to happen next? Like, where's it going to take me now? Because it doesn't always take you to the same spot. Which is something that other Mario games have done, even Sunshine. Right? They always kind of tried to mix up the level. But in Galaxy, depending on the star that you pick, you're going to be in a totally different part of the galaxy, right. a totally different place. Not every single star, but they really do, like, take you to new locations, down new routes. Yeah. Uh, these levels are not like a 64 level or even like a Sunshine level where you can kind of, like, run in different directions. They are a lot more linear. That's one thing that people don't care for about Galaxies, that these aren't, like, hub worlds, right? They're not mini open levels. It's it's just a, a kind of a... And you've got some agency. You can you can move and there's different routes and whatnot. But it's, it's small planet to small planet, so it's a little bit more linear. But they make up for that in the variety within the stars. The, the different tasks you're going to do on each yeah. one. And... Uh, Deep Dark really sticks out to me in that respect. But even going all the way back to the first one. I mean Good Egg Galaxy, I think the first three stars that you do there are all in different spots. Yes, they are. And it's not until like the fourth star that you go back to that uh well, you I think you land on the first planet every single time, but uh where you go back to like a, a, one of the other paths yes. that kind of yes. you had already gone on. Yeah so and that's amazing and they keep that up that's that's the last thing i was gonna say is that like they keep up that variety they do and um, and throughout the whole
1: they switch up how they do that to you too for instance the the uh toy galaxy i don't i think it's in the engine room but i could be wrong it might be the the kitchen i can't remember uh the toy galaxy uh you start on the platform and then you ride the train to different star launchers that sends you off. So it's like they take a they take variety yeah. into how they're launching you all across these galaxies. And it's really refreshing every time because it feels mostly brand new every time. And you can look back finally. Oh, I was just over in that area. Oh, I haven't been there yet. So that'll be new next time I come back here. I personally really look forward to the comets the specific especially the races okay like, yeah those were great twists now that is one area in which like the skating is ex- you're exactly right like that's super fun especially there's a race that you do with cosmic mario and you both line up and uh then you have to skate across these floating platforms to the end that's super fun yes. switching gravity you know to the top platforms so you're upside down and then to the bottom platform that's just i loved the comments. um those were those were always super enjoyable. Anytime a comet was in place, I was like, oh, let me go do that one because that's a challenge run. Um, and I love the variety that, that that would bring to the the universe of uh, the galaxies there. That was super cool.
0: Yep, totally agree. And another set of variety is also the power ups themselves, which you talked about, right? You got the spring one is kind of an iconic one, but definitely, uh, I'd agree, not my favorite either. Um, it's just a little bit. Too shaky and how you land and jump and mm-hmm. whatnot, but you got the fire flower for the first time in 3D, that's cool. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, the ice flower kind of to be its opposite, and um, there's a lot more in Galaxy 2. I think Galaxy 2 has better ones, um, but that was cool. Like, that's that's and that's classic Mario, right? Coming back, Sunshine and 64 didn't have power ups, but now you got some power ups, you can get those not from a question block, but around on these galaxies and that's a that's a great little addition and adds to the puzzles that they're doing and adds to the variety even though you don't have a flood you've got power ups and they're they're gonna help aid in adding some interesting elements a lot time a lot of the times they're timed um but they ended up i think uh, really rounding the game out um as far as the mechanics and and how these different levels played out did you have a favorite galaxy Hmm. No. No, not really. It's hard. It's hard to choose one
1: cuz all of them are they're big enough to enjoy, especially like the Honeybee Galaxy for instance feels like almost as big as some sunshine levels. It's not quite that big, but um almost feels as big as some 64 levels. But the I don't know. I don't really have a favorite. No. No, I don't really have a favorite. They're all super fun. I really, again, like I was saying, I like the ones with the penguins. Those are fun. Probably the Beach Bowl Galaxy as far as like the most picturesque,
0: and I enjoyed that one. You just like the surfer penguin, don't you? I do, man. Or the old band penguin. Um, No, I haven't, but I I know what the movie is. It's such a random like Shia LaBeouf and like Chicken Joe.
1: (laughs) Like it's, I don't know. I just like it. It's stupid, but I like it. And it gives me those vibes.
0: Yeah. That's like the, isn't there like a penguin surfing movie? It's like an animated old. Yeah, Surf's Up. That's the one. Oh, that's Shia LaBeouf in there? Yeah. He voices oh. the main character. I When you said Shia LaBeouf, I immediately thought not the cartoon, but um, the Disney Channel surfing movie. So oh. I thought I was confused, but Surf's Up is, yeah, that's what I was thinking of. The, Just the do it. For sure. Yeah. <laughs> oh, we do not have to resurrect that. We can let that die in the past, please. Um, yeah, you're right. what an interesting figure I'd say I don't think I have a favorite either there are definitely some stars in particular that really stand out right um, in freeze flame you've got like the final main star like the three main stars the final main star that um, takes you to both like ice and cold you're kind of like on a cylinder and you go to yep. either side love yep. that love that yep. a lot there's a lot going on there it's a really in depth level bowser levels are all amazing i gotta say i i think that the best designed single level has got to be the final bowser boss level like yeah so much going on and they go they they pull out all the stops for that uh you got 2d elements you got 3d side scrolling stuff uh i guess side scrolling is 2d but you got you got 3d elements you've got ups and downs and flips and flops you got all the galaxy stuff going on right um and ends on a really high note with the bowser fight itself very epic um bowser himself the boss fights there what did you think did you think that they're a little too simple
1: no i i i liked them i thought they had some flow and some rhythm to them i really liked that um i i thought that the bowser fights were the best use of the Speed at which traversal on planetoids, small planets, worked. Uh, The switching of the gravity to get to Bowser, um, you know, dry bones obviously making an appearance, um, and then the small planets. You've been battling enemies on small planets the entire game why should it change and so yeah, this yeah that was the best use of the concept that they knew worked and so to deviate from that would be a betrayal of what you know they made the game for so no i i think the bowser fights are great now i would say my favorite bowser fight is the odyssey fight that's just an epic epic mm. fight and it, it has a great ending to it but um these bowser fights for what galaxy is and for the context within is like is probably you know, it's perfect, really. Like, I, good. I I really couldn't change too much about it. Um,
0: they actually Bowser. they do top them in Galaxy 2, Jared. They top them. Okay. I don't know if you've even seen much of Galaxy 2, but in Galaxy 2. You know
1: what I'm going to have to do? I'm going to have to watch, like, a playthrough because I don't, I don't want to yeah, go buy yeah. a Wii
0: U. So. No, yeah, that's too much. That's too much effort to try and drum all that stuff up. Unless you have someone who would, like, begrudgingly gift you their Wii or something. Like, there's no reason to do it. Um, other than to play a phenomenal 10 out of 10 game. But nonetheless, uh, in that game, Bowser is planet-sized. So he actually, like, grows himself. And then when you're running through... So you're on, like, a small little planet, kind of like in galaxy. But Bowser's actually, like, um, going around it, kind of, like, floating around it, right? And, like, is punching with, like, his massive fists and doing other stuff like that. So... (laughs) Those, I think, kind of top this. But you're right. I don't think these are the best Bowser levels or Bowser fights necessarily, but it does work super well with the theme. Did you enjoy the bosses in general? I think that this game has a lot of very original bosses um, and just works super well with the uh, theme, right, of the galaxy um, you got several repeats, but each time they add a little bit to it, which they've done in other games right PD Prana kind of pops up a bunch of sunshine in this you got like King Caliente yep but uh, there are some real true standouts within the boss fights. Um, the first Bowser Junior boss fight is like where this game cemented in my mind that this is like truly like scale wise insane for Mario. Because it's this uh, mech, three feet, and you land on this small planet. You obviously know it's the end of the very first observatory, so uh, it's a boss fight. I think it even says Bowser Jr. on it, so you know you're about to face off against Bowser Jr. Yep. or whatever. And all of a sudden, the camera like pulls back, and you see on the planet that you're standing on this massive three-legged robot that is so huge that <laughs> once it goes back to you you're basically the size of one of its feet's toe
1: yeah yeah then yep. you
0: have to like get on it and climb all the way up to the top and that was like okay remember i did say shadow of the colossus had no pier that's about as close to shadow of colossus as you're gonna get <laughs>
1: you can't
0: even seriously stop man. it stop it <laughs> um, stop it But that was what that felt, you know, like it just was like, whoa, like it's so big and I'm I'm Mm -hmm. climbing up. Mm -hmm. Okay, now I'm sounding sexual, but um, the boss fights, man, uh, I thought throughout the whole game were very satisfying. Um, And I can't say that about every Mario game, uh, but what did you think?
1: No, I I would agree. Um, As far as boss fights, um, I I don't know if it's because it's old game is old, you know, but the boss fights in Mario yeah the boss fights in mario sunshine felt not as um big or or you know what's the word i I, just not as grand i suppose and i think that's because you know galaxy is a sharper 3d game that's probably a big part of it um the only complaint because i did like all of the bosses king caliente version one and version two are both very satisfying um they, they take a little bit of dexterity and balancing, and then the the platforms on the second fight sink into the lava, another thing you have to think about. So it's a, a nice layer of complexity. The only the only thing that I would say is that the game starts off with infanticide. Um, you literally kill... <laughs> You're right. <laughs> you kill a baby Petey Piranha with a tail or a something like that. A little cutie, baby... yeah. Yeah, and, and like that's horribly morbid. Why would... Yeah why are we okay with
0: this thing? That's terrible. You are absolutely right. Yeah. You crack him out of his egg and then you smack him with his own tail.
1: Exactly. He's not even born yet and you're already murdering him. So like, that's not a good way to start Mario off. But, uh, but other than that, I really, like if he had showed up later being a menace and then you take care of him, you know, like peanut piranha is in sunshine, then that's fine. But you know, you start off and he's just chilling in his egg on a peaceful little planetoid and then you go bother him. That's really rude. So, um, not a fan of that, but, uh, but no, the boss fights are great. Uh, all of them. They're all fantastic. Um, and again, yeah. they're even more fun when you do the like um, one-hit boss fights, like the, the comet that comes through, and it's like the Daredevil run or something like that, and you have one chance. You cannot get hit at all or else you lose. And that, those, are, those are intense. I like those. They add another layer to the boss fights, and they're really enjoyable.
0: Yep. Um, can't agree more. Yeah, and, and you, you speak well to the comets. Um, the comets are definitely not everybody's favorite. They're the extra challenging things. But when... I like the, the sudden death ones especially. But uh, when yeah. they click, they're, they're a ton of fun. They really are. Uh, yeah. The purple comets always were my least favorite. But then at the same time, when I would accomplish them, I, fa- I just had like the best feeling. you know. So it's yes. like, kind of both. You, you get it both ways. Um, but... Absolutely. I don't know why people didn't like them. They're completely optional. Yeah, exactly, exactly. You don't you don't need to face it. And and a lot of the optional harder stuff in Mario games is where a lot of the gold is, in my opinion. I don't right. know if that's the case with Galaxy. Galaxy is just like it's just so good all around that. And even the supplementary stuff, like I said, kind of like the motion control levels, I don't care for. But it's all there still. Uh, did you play through the Grand Finale Galaxy?
1: I'm sure Kinda I like did.
0: A, it's like an homage. It's at the very end. You go back. It's not um, like a challenge. You're literally just like going through where the Star Festival is at the start of the game.
1: Yes. Yes, I did. Yes, I did. I um, I did that when I beat it for the first time. I either 100% of it or came really, really close um, the first time I played through Mario Galaxy. Um, back in back in the day, not this time, not this last time though. But I, it's a beautiful homage to the the kingdom. Not as good of an homage as uh, Mario Odyssey, which has the best, I think, personally. But um, but certainly a great a great little, uh, you know. I love that that little extra thing that they added
0: there. Okay. Yeah. No. I totally agree. Um. Yeah. I guess I I ask because. To me, when I first—I remember when I first clicked on the Grand Finale Galaxy—I was expecting like a crazy gauntlet of like the hardest stuff they could throw at me, and then it was like this happy little like, oh, you you're at the end of the game, and you get to enjoy this. I think you have to have unlocked or collected all the other stars to get to the Grand Finale Galaxy. Okay, gotcha. You must have 100% of this game. Now, if you went through with Luigi and 100% of it, then is a question, Um, but. I remember at first kind of being disappointed, and then just falling in love with like the whole game. Just like, wow, what an experience, what a journey! Like when I first collected my 120 stars and and went through the Grand Finale Galaxy and rolled credits for the last time, I, I just I knew at that moment like nothing else is going to be quite like this in my life. Yes. And, yes. Um, that's what Galaxy is to this day, and I'm okay that it didn't have some crazy Gauntlet level at the end. I like those, <laughs> but sure. the game had enough already. Um after that New Game Plus, you can play as Luigi. That's cool. Kind of basically just the same thing. Um but last question I had for you Jared before we wrap up here is music. Give me your review on the game's music. The,
1: the the this is the first Mario game with a full orchestral background. Um, um <clears throat> this was grand. We're going to need music. That's more than just tin panty. That's more than just, you know, one or two instruments in a kazoo. Um, we're going to need something <laughs> that's substantial. And I think that the music is probably the best parallel blow for blow match to the scale of the game that they created. Um, more so, you know, then it, like what does it mean to fly through the air? What does it mean to be teleported to another galaxy? You know you have that the adventure that comes with the music playing in the background as you select the star in the galaxy you have the lullaby, Rosalina's lullaby in that final cut scene that just tears your heart out um when the lumas sacrifice themselves at the very end of the game. You have the star festival music you have. The the trumpets and their glaring warning as you play the Bowser level. I mean, it's just flawless, Josh. It's beautiful. It's so well done. It's so well written in every single moment of music. And I mean, and Gusty, the Gust, I remember, th- what's the Gusty Galaxy? Is that what it's called? The gusty Garden Galaxy. Gusty Garden, pardon me. That, I remember landing on that planet and being like the score for that galaxy was, I was like, whoa, oh man. This is so this is so incredible. This is intense. Um the the music for Rosalina's planet too this kind of like uh, uh, like an aura of music really more than something that's super overstated. Uh the the fun galaxies were fun. The you know dangerous black hole galaxies were dangerous. You know there is just they they met and matched their vibe and said it so affluently – every time that they hit a note and it it just works in every single scenario. There's not a single moment of music that I didn't care for or felt like it was out of place. Um, but especially that lullaby that this game is known for that you, that plays in the back of your mind when you think of this game. Um, and it's, it's tremendous. I hope you'll put that in here at some point. It's, it's just heart wrenching, but, uh, it's, yeah, I, did you have? I mean, you mentioned Gusty Gardens. I'm mean, I'm assuming that's your favorite track, but um, it's hard to pick a favorite. I'd imagine.
0: You're right. No, it is hard. It that is my favorite personally. I think that's the most like, um, re-listenable. Yeah. Track, but they're all standouts, and it's it's amazing. This is Star Wars level of music here. Like you're you're getting some iconic, like perfectly matches what the product is music. And that's that's not just me saying that. I feel like that's a pretty universal response to this game and the music in it. Um, no other Mario game has music quite like this. Very few video games do. I mean, I literally just a month ago, actually. Now that I'm thinking about it, um, I one of the guys that I was training with as I was getting ready for my summer job. We mentioned that we you know we play video games and i asked him what he plays and he was like well i only have a wii so i play games on the wii and i was like oh okay have you played like legend of zelda mario galaxy and he was like yeah i I love mario galaxy one and two and we just talked about it just a little bit and one of the first things he brought up was the music he was like Yeah, just the music is amazing. And he was looking at me and and we didn't know each other super well. He's a quieter. um, He had just graduated from high school. So he's, you know, kind of, you know, sheepish and not necessarily an outgoing person. But I had struck up this conversation and people who play video games on their own sometimes also, right, are a little bit more. um, I don't know insecure about it maybe is a word but sure, don't necessarily sure. share with too many people but he looked at me and with the fervency of someone who truly believes what he's saying and uh truly cares about like what he's advocating for told me that the music is fantastic yeah and i was like you're absolutely right like i just was nodding and smiling and saying yes yes this is one of the parts of the game that Without it, this would not be the same game. Um, if you tried to take Mario ga- uh, music from other games and try to stick it in here, it just wouldn't work. Because what they did here and the way that you described it, Jared, I could not do it better. So I'm not even going to try is phenomenal. And I I can't say enough about it. That was one thing with Odyssey. Like when we, we played through Odyssey again, I'm like, ah, oh, it's just not quite at the galaxy level. It's just, and I don't know if anything ever will be again, because like I said, all of this kind of works together, right? You've got the epic setting, you've got the awesome physics, and then you've got the heartfelt story with the music just pushing all of those things together. And it just is the perfect bow on this whole package here, and uh, can't say enough about it. Go listen to it. Like, on Spotify, pull up Mario Galaxy 1 and 2 OST and just yeah. start to play through it. This this is orchestral music to die for. Yes. As far as I'm concerned, it's classic, right? Mozart style. Like, put it in every single uh, symphony. And people do. Like, young symphonies, older symphonies play Galaxy's music because of how whimsical and uh, exciting and uh, dangerous and uh, just heartfelt and joyous it is. So... Don't just take my word for it. Go listen to it yourself, and uh, you'll fall in love with it. I'm sure. If
1: I remember yeah. correctly, the music was played by the London Symphonic or- Orchestra.
0: Yeah, well, I think they did a whole like video game tour, so they okay, had gotcha, like gotcha, gotcha. all kinds of hits from different games. So that is a little bit cheating, but you're right. <laughs> Galaxy was definitely on that list. So, all right. Well, uh, Jared. It's in the Hall of Games, all right? You don't get a choice here. I'm just going to put it into the Hall of Games. Kachunk, chunk sorry. Um, although, I'm sure you would agree, right?
1: <laughs> I have never been happier to be bullied into a decision.
0: <laughs> okay, awesome. So, in the Hall of Games, Mario Galaxy, of course. One of, I think it's in my top five games. I have to take a second and actually rank those. I'd be curious how everything fell. But yeah. Mario Galaxy's got to be in there. It's got to be in there. Um, just so important to who i am even and and who i've become in um, my course in life so really was that impactful and uh love it absolutely because of that check it out if you got mario 3d all-stars um it's right there for you um and it's the best one in that package anyway so uh go play it have a grand old time yes Um, any final word any final thoughts jared
1: no sir um Truly the beauty of this game is... I say no, sir, and then I say final thoughts. That's funny. Um, truly the beauty in this in this game is the scope and the scale and the love in your heart as you finish it up. I know that sounds cliche and cheesy, but um, you'll fall in love with this game and you'll discover a, a soft spot in yourself that you didn't realize you had, and it'll be an accomplishment well worth your time by the time you finish with it. So... Um, a beautiful game in all of this as- in all of its aspects and uh, I would recommend it to anyone
0: alright well final notes here be sure to tell a friend about our podcast drop us a 5 star review if you made it this far check out our past episodes for more backlog in depth conversations and thank you for taking the time to listen I hope you agree with our decision and if you don't tell us why until then this is the video game bard with the casual Yes, we'll stick with the title. The Casual Jared Benson. And we are signing off. Thanks for listening.